This is Ash, and welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. I am coming to you from a very rainy state in the USA, and I'm joined by my co-podcasters, Nat. Hello. And Jimin. Hey, guys. And we've got a great episode for you. Um, kind of scarce on news since there's not a lot going on at the moment, but that's not going to stop us. We have plenty to talk about. So starting off, what have you guys been listening to? Tomorrow Together. They have a song called um, um, With You that was actually on their... I, heard, I don't know if it was Blue Hour. I think it might have been on Miniso or on Blue Hour. Um, and I completely forgot about it. But then they released like a promotional music video for it recently. And actually, it's kind of a good song. So I've been listening to a lot of Tomorrow By Together. I've been listening to a lot of Western music lately. I've been, uh, for some reason, my brain couldn't get off of do you guys know that beyonce song that everybody quotes but it's not actually the real song they call becky with the good hair that song um yeah that's um sorry sorry that's what it's called okay that's what i've been listening to i've been blowing pipes to chloe and hallie to do it i don't know why the other day all of a sudden popped up in my head and i just started like Girl, you would have thought I was Mariah Carey in the studio the way I was singing that song. Um, and mostly a lot of old school stuff. Like the other day, I just kind of had like a trip down memory lane. I, I feel like I'm having those a lot more lately. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's like the quarantine getting to me, but um, or, you know, being stuck in the house, if you will, getting to me. But um, yeah, that's really what I've been into. And then I've been trying to expand my horizons. We've been doing a lot of album reviews on groups that we haven't done before or even groups that, you know, I'm not that familiar with. And it's been quite an interesting ride. So, yeah, I really the, our podcast has definitely helped in that regard. But what have you guys been listening to? Mostly a lot of Got7, not going to lie. Uh, mostly B-sides. Uh, like Page and Nice and stuff like that very solid um discography uh but i haven't really been listening to a lot of music i feel like in comparison to normally what i listen to uh i did recently listen to the new changa bicycle and i really really like it i think i've listened to it like four times today um so i'm gonna get into her full album because she did drop a full album later today and uh I tried to listen to the new Merc, but we can get into that later too. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's basically it for me. It's It's been really light, I feel. Uh, but all on top of, just, when you just mentioned Chloe and Holly, I have been listening to um, their album that recently, the one that they think they dropped last year, the one with Do It and Forgive Me, which is my favorite song on the album. That and I Wonder What She Thinks of Me which is near the end. It's really, really fantastic album. Uh, but I've been listening to that a little bit in uh, Jasmine Sullivan, her album that she dropped earlier this year. I think those are really what the only things that I've been listening to. What about you, Ash? 
Um, I've mostly been listening also to Western music. Um, I was looking for some new black artists basically to listen to. And I found a thread on, I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but it's a Reddit group called Popheads. And it's basically people that are fans of pop music. So yeah. of course there are K-pop fans on there. And, um, they had a post with a lot of black girl like artists that are not really like known yet. So I was listening to a lot of them and they're really good. Um, there's a Jamaican reggae reggae artist called Savannah. Um, yes. Yes. She's, um, I like her like a lot. Mango? Is that her song? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. That's a great she's, song. She's very good. Um, Genevieve, Mariah, the scientist. I really like her. She's she's like already worked with like different people and Raven Linnae. Just got a lot of good recommendations from that post. And I've been looking for some new stuff. And I don't know. I feel like as I get older, I like listening to people that are less established, like people that are more indie or like upcoming because their music tends to be, be more interesting. So, and Serena Sawayama, of course, in Little Mix. So yeah, that was my little music playlist. So as far as K-pop is concerned, we do have some comebacks um, or some people that may have already come back such as Chunga, who um, recently, I think, was it her first full-length album that she was debuting? I believe so. Uh, I don't really know much about Chunga, I'll be honest. Uh, But I'm pretty sure she's only dropped mini albums or singles uh, before this. Right, right. Yeah, I believe, yeah, it was her first uh, full-length album that she debuted. I am who will be from Monster X. We will be talking about later. Um, he's also coming back. Um, Icon will be singing some stuff for Kingdom. Wanho NCT One Two Seven has a Japanese release. Shiny, of course, is coming back. Send me and Mark from Got Seven. So, any thoughts on any of these peoples? <laughs> um. I did hear a lot about uh, the Mark come or comeback. I guess is what you would call it. It was not good things that I heard. So I'm interested <laughs> to see what what Nat has to say because I know she mentioned listening to it. Um, with regard to the other comebacks, obviously super hype for Shiny. Um, wait, I forgot some of the other ones you said. Like for some reason, like it just went out of my head really quickly. I am Wanho NCT One Two Seven Japanese NCT One Two Seven. Um. They have 2020 was a year of realizing things. <laughs> One <laughs> of the things that I realized was that NCT127 really disappointed me. Like the whole year was so underwhelming. It was nothing like 2019. They didn't have that same spark. So you know, my expectations are not super high. I don't usually listen to a lot of Japanese releases. Like it's just not my I find that like I prefer the original versions of the songs. I don't, and I don't see that really changing, but I can give their music a chance again. They just have to prove that like they are back to being 
who they once were, I feel. I feel they kind of fell from glory a little bit with me. And then I know you mentioned Icon, right? You mentioned Icon. Yeah, yeah so they did like a, they did like a they dropped a new teaser poster, I guess, ahead of Kingdom. So they're definitely going to have to check that out. I think they're putting like a lot of effort into what they're going to be doing on Kingdom to reestablish themselves without BI. So okay, and then also you said Astro too, right? No, or did um, I make that up? There's um, it's Wanho, Sunmi, Shiny, Changa. Um, I think ATs ATs is coming back though. I think they're coming back. With well, they're on Kingdom, album. right? So that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, but they're actually think I think they have like an actual comeback. Um, because you know they have like the Fever series. I think they're coming back with like Fever Road Part Three or something like that, or maybe two. That's okay. Know. Or something. Um, maybe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do know Two by Two did come back recently with a Japanese release. I'll say that it. I feel like it was cool, but mm-hmm. I do think that you know when you get used to hearing a song a certain way it can kind of be a little shocking to shake it up a little bit, you know, in that same vein. So, uh, I don't know. I'm just, all of those comebacks seem like they each could have something except for the Mark one, but I'll let Nat take it over from <laughs> here on, on that, on that note. Yes. Um, so I actually do, as soon as something drops, I actually go and watch it. Even if I'm not, I don't know how to know anything about the group. As soon as I see something is a comeback, I will watch it at least once. Right. And I felt like as a got seven fan, it was my duty to give Mark one stream. So I did watch it on his channel. Um, the song's not good. Like, if he's going to sing, he needs to work on his voice, my personal opinion. I mean, it's cute. And I think in small doses, the one in a million thing that he sings in the chorus, like, I think that could be better. Because I've seen, like, a lot of, like, Agassiz put that, song like that one part of the chorus to like you know fan vids and stuff like that for members and those are cute and it sounds good there but if you do a whole song of it it's not really you know what i want to hear um so i mean i gave mark the stream and i feel like i did my duty so um that's really all i have to say on that he looked cute on his twitch live stream though so i mean it bounces out and uh in terms of Sunmi, Sunmi's coming back, not with an album. Of course not. Why would it be an album? It's it's just a single album. So it's two songs. <laughs> and that's coming out soon. So just to clarify with the tease, they are coming back on March 1st with Fe- Zero Fever Part 2. Mingi's not going to be a part of it. So, I mean, we'll look forward to that. I Am from Monster X is going to have his, I think it's his solo debut. I don't think it's a comeback. Um, and... Also, Monster X did drop something in Japan as well. They dropped this, I don't know if it's an album or a single. I just know there's a music video called Wanted for it. So there's that. And then Wanho is coming back. So it's going to be interesting to see him and I am, you know, interacting. And I did watch Gimme, the Japanese song from NCT, not 127. It is bad. I, yeah, I watched the whole thing hoping that you know, with the change-ups that they're famous for, that it would become interesting, but it did not. So that was really unfortunate. And see, that makes me so sad because I expended a lot of effort trying to convince y'all that they actually had a discography with just consistent bops. And I feel so disappointed and taken <laughs> aback, really. Oh, but you know what? It's, it's literally just one song. Maybe the album is good because that has happened before. I mean... Am I going to listen to the album? I don't know. But 
I just want to say that the song itself disappointed me. And this is somebody who did like Resonance 2020 last year. Okay. So, you know, you could take that. To be fair, yeah, that does tell me everything <laughs> I need to know. So. <laughs> uh, in terms of who else? Changa. Okay. So I haven't listened to the album. Querencia. I think that's what it's called. I don't know. Querencia? Querencia? I don't know. But anyways, I did watch... As I said, I love Bicycle. I mean, Chunga's grown. She's an adult. If she wants to sing about riding a bicycle and, you know, I ride it, I ride it, you like it how I ride it, and all this other stuff, then hey, good for you. Um, the song is dope. She raps on it. It sounds fantastic. It's fun. It's sexy. Um, I'm not sure why she's stepping in the dance break. I mean, but we have talked about, you know, Korea's obsession with drumline. So maybe Wait, that's didn't we know this bit. was going to happen? <laughs> like, did, like, did we? we kinda, I feel like we knew this was going to happen because I do remember us like being like, OK, Chunga. Yeah. So, yeah, that's weird. But um, as I said, it's one of her best. And um, I'm, I'm not sure if it beats um, that song that she dropped in 2019. I can't remember what it's called. Thirsty or something. Isn't it thighs? Hit it. No, it's, it's like, no, it's like midnight or something like that. Oh. Is it like stick? You know what? Gotta go. go or, gotta go. Yeah. That's what it's called. That's that's still yeah, her, her best me. song. Um, that's still <laughs> her best song, personally. But Bicycle is definitely a bop. I'm very excited to listen to the rest of her album. And yeah, I think. An icon, yeah. I mean, I'm excited for icon. As I said, I feel like they are trying to reestablish themselves without BI. So they're trying to. I think they're gonna go all out for Kingdom, and that's gonna be exciting because I want to see like these group actually compete with each other. You know, um, I'm tired of watching girls be painted as like fighting each other and you know like enemies and stuff like that on these things. And I think they try. They really did try to do that with Kingdom. I remember the first episode. I think I talked about it with you guys when I was talking about the first couple episodes of Queendom and how the the hosts tried to make it seem like it was a, like the girls were fighting each other and their enemies and like they're trying to paint that kind of picture and then gradually the show moved into more like a camaraderie kind of kind of relationship um it was like less a competition it was more about groups the groups sort of like uplifting each other and girl power and stuff like that but I want the opposite from Kingdom I want to see like people ciphers like against each other you know and and you know talking about oh well that's dope but i can do better i want to see that in kingdom i feel like we don't allow these men to be out here fighting each other enough so yeah i'm actually hoping for the best for kingdom we'll see uh but yeah i think that's it for the comebacks that i know of ash anything to add no nothing to add um just kind of hoping that Sunmi brings something maybe a little different this time. <laughs> I, I can't remember like what her last single was. It was that La La Lay thing, I think. Yeah. Oh, she had those, yeah. those weird pigtails. Yeah. No, Sunmi has not dropped, you know, a, a song that I've liked for a while, to be quite honest. So it's like her singles, like in like their past few singles haven't been bad, but they just haven't really brought anything different. So no, no, yeah. she needs to like, as a soloist, you do have to 
I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it is like a, the curse of the soloist. You know, like they have really they either have really good songs or they have like songs that are so forgettable. Because even Changa in the middle, like Roller Coaster, and that song she dropped last in between Gotta Go and and Bicycle, whatever that song was, was not good. You know, like, <laughs> like to me, it just wasn't good to me, right? But is it weird that me, I sometimes get Changa mixed up with Alexa? No, I just, it's not weird at all. M- Okay, because like my brain feels like they, they're the same person. I don't know. Actually, actually, it's funny because when I was watching Bicycle, I was like subconsciously, I thought to myself, like, I feel like this is the music that Alexa or her company thinks that she's making. Like that was like a thought that I had because there's literally a scene where like Chunga has this, like, this piece in her hair and it's like braided down and stuff like that. So she kind of had like, you know, Alexa kind of has that braided look too in one of her MVs, I mm-hmm. think. And so I guess they kind of reminded me of each other. So I was like, you know, I feel like this is the music that her company thinks that she's making, but she's not, you know, like Chunga Um, actually is doing it. Um, And that's like, I just feel like, you know, we've talked about it before. We are totally, you know, supportive of Alexa. We just feel like she needs or her company needs to find her. They need to know her lane. Yeah. Yeah. That works for her and, and to discover, like they need to figure out what she what she really needs to bring or should bring or be about in the industry, you know, um, instead yeah. of just throwing her, you know, throwing money into these, these MVs and stuff like that with like, not M- money is questionable. Results. Well, I mean, I'll... I mean like, okay, we've seen some low budget MVs. Alexa never really looks like she has a low budget MV. Oh, okay. Well, in comparison, <laughs> I mean, like we've literally seen Low budget. Okay, <laughs> Low but K Tiger Zero, that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> All they have is one MacBook in a basement. Chill. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about remember when we did that whole like MV thingy and we watched some of those Nugu 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 groups? Yes, we did. And those girls had like one room that they put like some balloons up and stuff like that. It was like, maybe they oh, rented like, like a study. You know what I mean, right? And then they gave them like, and then they were like, okay, so for the next scene, we're just going to be outside. You know, like that is a little budget. <laughs> I feel like um, Chunga's team, uh, no, sorry, Alexa's team is actually putting some money into her. I mean, they have it, right? They have it because they're like really... I think they're um, K-pop MV company, like, or like they're really famous. Yeah, they're a production house. Isn't it like uh, Donkey Boys or something? Yeah. So It's called what? Zany Bros. Why did I say Donkey Boys? (laughs) 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 I mean, Zany Bros, yeah, they're among the work of Zany Bros. Some are are some of the highest budget productions in the music industry. Oh, they did BAP's One Shot. Wow, <laughs> it makes so much more sense now. <laughs> Ash, you should have watched that. That oh was a masterpiece. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Honestly, I kind of want to watch it right now. Like <laughs> <laughs> it was so crazy. Wow! Oh my god, that was insane. Uh, but anyways, yeah. What uh, I think that's it for comebacks. Let's. Uh, what's next, Ash? Okay, news. First, we have CL, who became the first K-pop star to star in an American TV commercial. Well, technically the first Korean female solo artist to star in an American TV commercial. 
and it's for Taco Bell. So there's what? you gotta post that. Yeah, it's uh Taco Bell has this campaign going on or whatever, and in the um video, it's just Seal has a, a, a bit part in it, but they just show a bunch of girls in the car with um CL little CL hats on and like little CL glow stick thingies and whatnot and they're yelling for her and she's wearing this big fur coat and she's like stepping out of this theater and she's got like her body big black bodyguard with her and people are you know clamoring for photos and stuff of her her agency released a statement saying as K-pop became more popular, there were many singers who starred in global commercials centering in Asia. However, CL is the first to star in an American TV commercial. Good for her, I guess. You know, I mean, lots of people like Taco Bell. It's a popular food destination. And um, Ash, why do you sound like you're trying to reach for a compliment? I, don't, I just... I, I, I'm not re- reaching per se. I mean, I I don't really have. I mean, Taco Bell is. I've never. I've no. That's a lie. I was about to say I've never eaten a Taco Bell, but I did eat a Taco Bell a very long, long, long time ago, and I was not very impressed with their tacos. I they don't put very much meat in them, or they didn't at the time. And yeah, it. She's in a Taco Bell commercial. I mean, she's getting work, which is good. At least her agency is trying to do stuff for her, unless unlike some other people that she was signed to. So maybe this is the start of something. Maybe CL is like slowly trying to get her face out there, and maybe we'll see her on like The Voice or something like that. I don't know. That was a very specific <laughs> recommendation. I could actually see her on there, though. Um, this is cool. I think Taco Bell is a very strange, like, that's a very strange endorsement to me, like, for a celebrity. I don't know why. I think it's because I don't associate Taco Bell with, like, people who are rich enough to be able to not choose Taco Bell. That's probably messed up to say. Are we going to get sued if I say that? Huh. Who would sue us? Good question. Probably, I don't know, Trump. He's suing everybody anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what do you think of this? CL's your girl. You know, I'm, regardless of what's going on with CL in Korea, she's, you know, in this commercial, she was in the ad for Ivy Park. I mean, CL is always, people are always wanting to work with her uh, because you know, she's CL. And I think that's still pretty cool. Um, I watched the commercial. It looks like they have like a, it's supposed to be like an international commercial because they have like a lot of different people. Um, The star is that guy from To All the Boys I Loved Before, Noah Centineo. Uh, I noticed like Jason something, I can't remember his last name from Brooklyn Nine-Nine was also in it. I thought one dude- Sudeikis? No, um, no, no. He oh. played um, Adrian Pimento on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I don't, I can't remember his last name. Um, I'm gonna look it up. Mm. But anyways, uh, so, but they, you know, they have a whole bunch of different people from all like 
walks of life. The com the comments on YouTube are basically everybody talking about CL. So clearly she's, you know, the star, <laughs> even though she, she didn't really have, like, she's not the star of the commercial. That's what people are there for. And I think that we're going to definitely see an increase in commercials with K-pop idols, with companies seeing that, you know, their idol could get a two second cameo and the fans will clamor there and the fans will, you know, invest. I, I, I feel like that's what usually what happens with a lot of the fashion houses. And that's why, you know, the prices will remain the same in other countries, but they always go up in, in South Korea um, because people will pay for it out there, you know, or they'll buy it for their idol. They'll buy Jenny Chanel or something, you know? So I do think we're going to see an increase in it. I mean, good for CL. I'm actually surprised that Ash, you believe they put meat in Taco Bell at all because I was about to say, I didn't want to be the one to say it. So I mean, it wasn't at what all. What they call meat. But yeah, <laughs> and I'm not knocking Taco Bell. Let me tell you, high school, uni days, that um, like those soft tacos, it was like two for a dollar or whatever. That was that well, was two for Nat grew up in the 1920s, two <laughs> for a dollar. Uh, yeah, sometimes they had specials and stuff like that, and I like their cheese fries. I mean, like, there were a lot of things that I would Jeez. eat and talk about. Taco Bell Canada is, like, a mythical place. That's crazy. <laughs> I've never heard of that. You've never, like, cheese fries? They don't. I didn't no. know. They don't. They don't. Really have, I don't think they have fries. At they Taco like to Bell stick America. crunchy tacos inside of soft tacos. That's what we. Which is. <laughs> I always really? found that so funny. There's like a the commercial where they make a big deal about how like the crunchy tacos inside of the soft taco shell and it's glued together by like cheese. And I'm just like, what? I don't know. I've always found it so funny. I don't know why That's the concept so of it. Okay, I'm looking. I'm going on Taco Bell's web website okay so yeah we have we still have cheese fries fries and i mean i guess they have chili cheese fries there then right or like nacho supreme no. like <gasps> oh my god <laughs> okay yeah so you guys, like so Matt, you had a totally different experience you guys don't have vegetarian options either no what no. well i mean it, i get it's probably is vegetarian though because you just said it didn't have no meat in it so make up your mind yeah i mean <laughs> I, I mean okay the meat that we think is in it it's probably not the meat that's in it you know <laughs> what i mean by that uh but yeah that's okay wow yeah maybe it was very different i wonder what else is different from like you know location to location i guess um well i know that like in certain countries you can let, let me stop okay um <laughs> i would like to thank monster x and blackpink for this occasion ma we are we said a while ago that we wanted people to start you know exploring their options you know getting into different lanes because when monster x did we bear bears and i thought that was you know so novel and cute and unique and then we think in Blackpink because Blackpink, they're literally the poster girls for do the absolute bare minimum and get brand deals. That's all. Blackpink, I feel like it's a group of um, like influencers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that CL, if she ever like retired from the music industry, I think she could be like a really good influencer. I don't know why she's kind of got you know, that vibe to her where I feel like people would watch if she had like, like a vlog or something, I really think people would really watch her and keep up with her. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like they're dedicated 21 fans. I think more so than seal fans who were just, yeah, I actually, you know, what's funny. I feel like with 21, like even though people had biases, I don't think that people only stand like 
members, you know, in, in the same way that they stand members like Blackpink. Oh my God. The fans of those girls will fight each other. They like, have Agnes. Yeah. Daily. Like daily. And apparently, I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm just letting you guys know. Uh, according to, you know, people that I know who are into Blackpink or into just solo members, um, Lisa fans are the worst. And apparently that's my fault because I like Lisa the best. I don't know. But anyways, uh, yeah, Blackpink fans, like the the stands of the solo girls, like they stay fighting each other all the time. Okay. Everything's always someone else's fault. I don't know. See, Um, you know what? It's funny that you say Lisa fans are the worst. I've always thought that um, Jenny fans were the worst. But anyway, back to CL. Yeah. Good good for for you, sis. We love to see it. Keep doing what you're doing. Wonderful. Well, Elkie of CLC is now former CLC member as her contract with company Cube Entertainment was terminated. Uh, according to a statement released from the company, apparently back in December, she asked for the contract to be ended based on lack of payment and support, which she later wrote a letter that detailed all of that information. Uh, Cube uh, released a statement that was pretty straight and to the point that Elkie's been terminated. She's withdrawn from CLC. They extend gratitude to the fans. You said love to Elkie and wish Elkie the best in their future endeavors. So what I'm getting from this is they said withdrawn from the group CLC. So CLC is not indeed officially disbanded at this point, which I thought was the case. Um, I mean, at this point, they might as well be. Because if you like with Elkie's first letter, letter that she had put out, she basically said that Cube said they're not supporting any like um, CLC anymore. <laughs> that was like what she was saying. And that's why she wanted okay. out because they're not giving them any opportunities. Right. Um, yeah. So I understand why the companies do that. I mean, if you if you don't like if you don't want to support the group, if you don't think they're making you money, then let them out of their contracts. I mean, that's the least you can do. Don't let them just sit there. At this point, does Cube have profitable profitable groups though? BTOB is quite pop like they're still very popular. In okay, Korea. yeah. And they have um Silent G Idol. They sell really well. Oh yeah. Yeah, they sell. You know, I try well. very hard to forget that they exist. <laughs> uh but yeah, and they also have somebody else. Who is it? Oh, they have Pentagon, which I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know if they have any because this is the thing. Cube, okay, we talk about TSE being a garbage company, you know, and MBK core contents, you know, with TR and what happened with them. But Cube really does know how to stop their bag. Okay. They had Hugh and they had um Don, who basically, you know, was creating fire music and you know, allowing um Pentagon to really get more into the spotlight. And they stopped the bag on that. They had four minute, you know what? Say what you want about four minutes, you know, like they were never really, really a top, top group, but they still could tour, they could still make some money, and they literally just dropped like they I don't even know how that blew up, but that they lost everybody from there. And then they had Beast highlight, and they pissed them off so much, they just said, We are bouncing, change their name. (laughs) And move to a new company, rearrange your music for tours and stuff. So, like, 
and they're doing fine. They are still making money, you know? So it's it's kind of crazy how Cube literally stops their bag, especially with CLC. Like, I feel like CLC, the problem with CLC, like from the beginning is that CLC was a five member group and they were so inconsistent with their image in the beginning and they were adding all these members and things like that. It was kind of a hard group to follow. And I feel like with their comebacks, they it was like giving me whiplash. Like one time they would have this really retro feel, then they would do something cute and girly, and then they would do something mature, um, and then they would do something that was girl crush. Like you don't know what CLC is because they have so many different concepts. At least with four minutes in a lot of these groups, they have very singular concepts. You know what they're about, you know? Uh, and then on top of that, like as soon as Silent G Idol came in the picture, they were like, hmm, CLC. Maybe we don't need to put money into them anymore, <laughs> you know? And it's been on this like decline, even though the music personally, I think has improved. Like there's, there's been more coherence with the sound and the image of CLC. And, you know, they are becoming, they finally got wins like after a while and things like that. So they are, you know, there's still room for them to improve and grow and like cement themselves in, you know, K-pop lexicon or whatever. But like, <laughs> it looks like, as I said, they're not putting any money into them. They don't care about them. They're not bringing in, you know, the Chinese money like Silent G Idol is too. So why, I guess they feel like there's nothing really that needs to be done. Um, I don't know, on Soren's YouTube page, she basically is just putting out a whole bunch of videos from like last year. <laughs> so uh, I know she just got around to editing it because she's been depressed this whole time or what's going on there. But yeah, and I there's no talk from the other girls about what's going on with Elki. Um, their dancer, I can't remember her name, like Sinyeon or something like that. She is still dropping like dance videos. But as I said, like there's no real, like nobody knows what's going on with CLC. So it's it's definitely an issue of mismanagement. I think when the seven years are are up, they're they're gonna just like Cube doesn't even keep people really. I was sort of Jang um, from Beast, um, Hyungsung. Like I, outside of him, I don't think that Cube really keeps and Hyuna obviously um, before they lost her, but they don't really keep individual members like that. So um, especially if they're not bringing any money and they're not popular. Which I don't think I don't think the girls from CLC have brand recognition in Korea, so I think that they're like for a minute they're just going to be like, well, um, we don't know where you're going to go, but it's not going to be here, and I think that's what's going to happen, unfortunately, to the girls from CLC when their contract is up. Elki, though, she's pretty, um, and she's from Hong Kong, and she is a idol or a former idol, so she'll be fine. <laughs> she'll she'll do just fine. Uh, they love former Korean idols out there. So she, she'll be good. And Soren will probably be good because she comes from money. And also like Thailand really loves Korean idols or former Korean idols. So she'll be fine. The rest of the girls, um, I don't know. We'll see. Mm. Okay. Well, next up, Yeonjun from T by T or TXT, it's going to be in Fashion Week. It was announced that he will be making an appearance at New York Fashion Week, walking in the Oaken LSD collection on February 16th. 
and fans collectively freaked out. How do you think he will do walking in his very first international fashion show? Girl, this man walks regularly as if he's walking in a fashion show, as if he's on a runway all the time. So I have full confidence that he's going to pull it off. He's going to look cool. He's going to have a swagger about him um, because he actually, like I said, actually walks like a model. And he's like, I think with if you're an idol, idols naturally when they do photo shoots and everything, they already know how to smolder and do all of the the looks that you would do like at a photo shoot or whatever. So I'm not really worried about that aspect of it either. I think he's going to perform very, very well. And that's not even like that's not even bias talking. That's just like facts talking like I think he's gonna look he's gonna strut and he's gonna look good and I'm actually I'm happy for him I think this is a good move I think that this is something that I feel like and are many are many k-pop idols like male idols do many of them model at all like Um, professional modeling professionally well just I mean I'm not even talking about like full-fledged like a Tyra Banks or something I just mean like you know do the runway or like you know other than when or even you know now i think about it even like you know photo shoots and like spreads and stuff because i know that like kai does endorsements for uh huge labels but i feel like i haven't seen any other male idols do like what blackpink does for their like you know chanel and all of these yeah or whatever um in terms of walking shows the only other person i know who walked a show was jessica jung I can't remember what the show she dropped, she walked, but she walked Paris Fashion Week itself, um, which is a huge deal. Um, and then in terms of sort of being muses, yeah. So Jin Young is a muse and he works with, he's sponsored, I guess, or whatever, by Tom Ford and uh, JB for East Saint Laurent. And then oh, I want to say Bal- Balenciago for Bam Bam, maybe? Um, and Jackson, obviously, Jackson does a lot for everything. Yeah, Jackson like he does and like whatever because he does like Fendi, right? Like yeah, and Fendi actually has a contract with them, right? Exactly, the Team Wang collection, right? So the mem- and and I think only Young Yum is not, and even with um, Mark as well too. He does he does a lot of spreads for like a lot of like high end brands and stuff like that too. Uh, and mm-hmm. Kai obviously and Sehun for from Sehun. Sehun from EXO. I can't remember what brand it is. I didn't know Sehun had endorsements like that. Well, I mean, he's basically just like the face of EXO. <laughs> so right, but like, no, no, yeah. no. I get what you're saying, but yeah. I literally have never seen pictures of him like advertising products. Okay, so <laughs> like I'm on a high end brand. Media, and in 2018, he did a photo shoot sponsored by Louis Vuitton and he became, um, let's see. And he was an ambassador for an Italian brand. I'm going to probably, I, I apologize in advance, guys. Ermene Gildo Zegna. I don't know how to pronounce it, sorry. But, and also he promotes Cartier. And he was the, announced as the new face of Dior Men in 2020. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, I, I remember seeing him like do a lot of just like high-end brands and stuff like that. So that's, and who else? I feel like Top has done some too, no? Or maybe he should. Maybe I think that he should. And that's just what I'm thinking here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I have noticed with 
the fact that Asia is keeping the Paris fashion houses and the Italian fashion houses in business, that there has been a huge shift to making these people more like the brand ambassadors and things like that. That's why you have like Lisa with Chanel and uh, not Lisa, sorry, Jenny with Chanel, Lisa with Celine and um, Rosie, Rosie just became the brand ambassador, I think for like, I want to say East Saint Laurent, but I probably am wrong about that. Um, so there's like a lot of, I think that's going to be a focus. Oh, Saint Laurent, Saint Laurent, that's who she's doing. Um, she's she's basically the face of them in Korea now. Uh, I think that that's going to be because the money is is in Asia. So I feel like that's where they're going to focus a lot of like these. High right brands. now, you don't even you know. See I, I feel like. I feel like in the in other markets, uh, mm-hmm. specifically European market, um, and I, you know, even just speaking from an American perspective, I do get the vibe that like, while don't get me wrong, there's still a huge materialism and like those brands are still a thing. I feel like in terms of the future of fashion here, there's been this like heavy focus towards like um, street fashion labels yeah. and like smaller houses and stuff like that. And I wonder if that's a huge thing, but I guess to go back to Yanjin specifically, this brand, I believe, is like a smaller Korean brand. It is. That happened to get a placement at New York Fashion Week. Yeah, it does look... I went to the website um, to like look for the about me and stuff like that. I couldn't really find it in English, I'll be honest. But it does look like a smaller brand. Uh, so, but it's still pretty cool. But it, yeah. Right, yeah. Like, I mean, I they, they, it looks like it should be in a fashion show. Like, I'm not exactly. saying anything about that. And I, I do, um, I, th- I think this is a good opportunity. And it's once again, what we were kind of talking about when we were talking about CL getting the Taco Bell. Um, it's one of those, like, this is good just because it's like, it's like one of those things that... M- is a creative way to sort of put your face out there um, as a young idol. And um, it's not quite the level, of course, of like Monster X being on We Bear Bears, but I do like the idea of my faves specifically getting, you know, putting, you know, being, being put out there and put on a spotlight. Um, very it is really interesting that big hit is having him do this like solo because i can't imagine that it was like the brand i can't imagine that the label reached out and was like can we have yanjin walk you know like and i'm not saying because they don't like him or whatever i'm saying that like i just don't see why they wouldn't try to go for somebody else if that makes sense yeah like why not try to go for a bts member if you're gonna Uh, solicit big hit well, mm. well, obviously they couldn't afford it, right? Right, but what it is, <laughs> right? And and so I, I think it was more of a situation where maybe Big Hit was like, I, I I noticed that they're trying to push tomorrow by together to doing different things. Like they've got the Magnes doing a radio show. Subin is doing um M Countdown, no Music Bank, sorry. Music Bank, and then um, Yanjun, there he's in like miscellaneous stuff. Like he was in a drama a couple of weeks ago, um, and and now that's really all that's left is like bomb you find him something to do. So I wonder like what this is if this is like just you know a push for to get two by two to have more name recognition with Korea, but I just don't see this. I don't know. At the same time, it's like you don't see how with a brand like a label so small at a fashion week that's virtual 
at this point? It's it's, it's exciting. Fun. I love the opportunity. I mean, in K-pop, it's not really like the music. Yeah, I love the musical aspect, but really being an idol means being everywhere you know especially in those first like five years that's establishing yourself and doing everything that you can to get attention and to cement yourself in the public's eye and this is a great opportunity who knows someone might see him and want him to do other shows right he might become like muses for other brands and korean brands you know people support them and and people recognize them so it's it's actually korean brands are actually quite popular like exactly um isn't Oh, I forgot the name of it, but there's like this one big one that I just remember all the street the street streetwear guys were wearing for a while. Mm-hmm. So Korean brands actually do really well, like in streetwear market, probably because they go for that like futuristic kind of look, like that dark, like everything is black aesthetic. <laughs> but yeah. no, absolutely. I just yeah. want to before we move on, clarify. Jessica walked the Dolce and Gabbana show at Milan Fashion Fashion Week. It wasn't. Paris Fashion Week or anything. Mm. Just wanted it to be correct. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on the topic? No. What's next? Well, just because I'm grouping our um, culturally insensitive moments together, I'll start them off by mentioning that there is a video that was posted on a clip that was posted on Twitter like back in January, but it's still relevant today uh, from a New Year's show in South Korea with um, Park Jimin, uh, now Jamie, um, but she was at ni- part of 19 and, and um, she's on a television show and um, they're doing some, they're doing something I think uh, doing a traditional uh, Korean game or or New Year's Eve activity of some sort, and um, they're picking out something, and um, Jimin says, uh, "I'm uh, going for black because I'm picking black because I'm a black queen," and says it with more AAVE than I did. And we did a little bit of discussion about this before the show. The interesting thing about with Jamie is that I could have sworn that she was like Korean American or has spent some time in Korea, even though based on the information we've gathered on her, that has not been the case, even though she did go to international school um, in Thailand, was it? And she's she's hosted you know after school and you know done all these very heavy english language things so you know you would it is it's kind of like where are you getting the black scent from um that is so prevalent in your speech it's just very it's just very weird and you know the almost kind of american mannerisms as well so is there anything that you guys want to say about that moment or just about in general with, I know we were talking about like other idols that speak fairly good English and like you're saying Namjoon from BTS had a accent for black scent for a while. And then probably around the time they started taking off and dropped all the hip hop stuff kind of dropped that as well and definitely does not use it now. 
and then or someone like Lisa who uses it when she's rapping, but you know, you see no trace of it when she's actually speaking. Any thoughts on this? So um I did liken that comment to uh Zico's famous line in Bermuda when he was like, he's got yellow skin, but he's got black soul. Uh you kind of wonder what the hell is he even talking about? But uh, it's very similar to this situation because as Ash mentioned, we did do a deep dive on Jimin because we all thought that Jamie, sorry. We all thought that she had, you know, been raised in America (laughs) at the very least. And that's why she sounded the way that she sounded, you know, very Aquafina like, Uh, but Based on the information that we could find, uh, she was raised in Korea, lived in Thailand for eight years, went to international school there, and then came back to Korea. So she has not actually lived in the U.S., but she speaks like she is and she has only black friends. It's very, very strange that that would be the accent that she picked up in Thailand. I assume. (laughs) Uh, I mean, obviously, I do believe it's put on because Crazy enough, Yaren, who is also from 15 and who also lived in the United States, does not sound like that. And she's from New York or like her family lives in New York and she goes back, I assume, to visit them. And she did live in New York for a very short time. So you would assume that she'd be the one with the Black sons, but she is not. It is the person who never lived in the United States. And I don't think it's like something she picked up in her schooling in Thailand or anything like that, because Bam Bam and Lisa are also, and Soren are also from Thailand. And none of them sound like that. Lisa sounds like that when she raps, but she doesn't sound like that when she speaks at all. So this is completely put on. I'm not sure why she would say she's a black queen. I mean, Asian, the Asian people that I've noticed who like Black, Pan, black Panther and stuff she's like that. She's not even dark, like for a Korean person. You know what I mean? No. She just, she's not even dark. No. And as I said, like, even people like Asians, Asian Americans, whatever that I've noticed who are into Black Panther, none of them come across as trying to, you know, co-opt that. It's very strange um, that she would, you know, sort of just adopt this way of speaking. Like, like it has to be done on purpose, you know? It's very, I don't know. I don't get it. Maybe she can explain it a little bit better, you know, if she listens to this podcast. I feel like the only way I could even justify it is if, like, not, and when I say justify, I mean, like, explain it away, is if, she, like you said, she grew up around, she would have had, like, I just find it hard to believe she grew up around people who spoke like that in Thailand. I just don't, no. or Korea, or literally anywhere in, in that part of the world. I just don't believe that at all. So, the funny thing, too, is, as you mentioned, she's not even, like, like, I notice, too, sometimes that, like, Koreans with tans do have a bit more, like, Black mannerisms or, like, you know, things like that. Like, Jessie and, you know, Hyolin sometimes with her music and stuff like that. I You do notice that. But in this case, she's just, like, I don't know. She's, she's not dark-skinned. She doesn't really have, like... She does like R&B-ish music, but she's not really like hard hip hop or anything like that either. It's kind of out of nowhere, right? Just so weird. But please stop. (laughs) It's kind of 
of where we're going with this. Uh, there's no reason for you to sound like that. There's no justification, really. So it's something that you purposely did for whatever reason. I don't know. It sounds like she says the R word. The, sorry, the N word. Like, that's what it comes across. There's something, like, I guess that's just something strange to me about, like, I, I think the thing that stuck out the most to me was her, like, saying, calling herself black. Like, because it wasn't, she she clearly didn't mean black as in her race. She meant no. black as in her skin tone. And it just felt, like, very strange to me. I know that, like, apparently darker skin Koreans may sometimes refer to themselves with words like chocolate. Really? Um, That's from what I've heard. I know that one of, like, for example, too, there's also, like, a lot, there was, I wouldn't say a lot of songs, but there are some Korean songs where, like, men refer to dark-skinned Korean women as chocolate. Like, I believe there's, don't get me to, I have to look it up, but there are a couple Korean, like, K-pop songs where I've heard, like, the artist's refer to a tan Korean woman as chocolate skinned. Yikes. And um, I don't know. The comparing people to food. Uh, That's already talk- big no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I feel like we've never actually talked about that, but like it's something like in the black community that we've been trying to heal from and recover from from because you know like uh the whole thing about like um white men calling you like a chocolate goddess and stuff like that yeah <laughs> or like caramel yeah. princess Kristen was like yeah. a cafe ole or a latte you know like bruh yeah when i taught in korea the kids call me chocolate teacher so it's definitely um, over there i would have failed everybody and this is why nat can't be a teacher (laughs) i mean i generally just don't like kids but yes (laughs) uh but yeah it's very strange i actually saw it more like you know how um you know non-black people try to like co-opt black language in like aave but it always sounds so weird and, and wrong because they never do it properly i saw it more like that like she really wanted to, um, you know, co-opt the whole black queen thing. That's how I saw it. But I mean, yeah. I thought she really considered herself like a black queen. <laughs> Very interesting. So different point. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, um, yeah, I think the com- the consensus is like, don't do it. And also, like, why do you sound like that? Uh, <laughs> what was the other... Um, topic ash well i am from monster x was recently kind of in hot water because he was seen in um concept photos for his solo debut mini album duality wearing a shirt with a sacred islamic phrase on it and it's basically Bismillah, the Bismillah is basically something that they say before reading the Quran. It's not an aesthetic, and it was on his shirt as considered to be sacred and offensive. I am, you know, went on Twitter and, you know, were, you know, some of them were saying that he wasn't aware of it and he would have refused if he had known. And others said that, you know, ignorance can't be an excuse. 
So basically what happened was Starship did apologize. They took down the concept photos. They say that we should have taken further measures to ensure there were no religious implications. And we regret not being able to scrutinize it fully. We deeply apologize to those who felt uncomfortable with our actions. Starship apologized. Uh, I don't know if I am him himself has released anything, but at the same time, it's one of those things where it could have been possible that he didn't realize it was a sacred phrase and just wore it. He got in trouble for it. So any thoughts on that? I just think it's common sense that if you're going to wear something with another language on it, that you know what it is is. like yeah especially when it's something that's very obviously because even if i didn't know what it was the actual like the 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 language it looks islamic you know it's very definitely not english and i think you know especially in you know when stuff like that is used for fashion like you know that it's like it's not like English. It's some kind of, you know, foreign tongue. So, yeah, I, I, to me, I would be super wary of that. Knowing, yeah. you know. It's kind of like, as I said, I just think it's common sense. What if it said like death to all Koreans or something? Like, why would you not want to check the writing? the foreign language writing on on something that you're going to use as a promotional tool for your artists it just it really doesn't make any sense and there are Muslim people in Korea that they could have just asked on the street you know like it's not and they have money to you know ask somebody else like you know get get somebody to translate for them before they use it so I just think this is this is something that's just a stupid careless mistake and not very professional um but we yeah. also talked about, well, this is Starship. Yeah, I, was, I thought it was cute, but this is Starship. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, it just seems like a, it doesn't seem very smart on their part. And I, I think they, you know, they did, I guess, what they were supposed to in the end. I don't believe that I am has said anything about it. And, you know, ignorance is not really a defense. <laughs> I, I mean, like. Obviously, it's a stylist styling issue, but also like you offended your fans. You know, I'm sure yeah. that there are Muslim uh, manbibis in the world, so I think you do owe your fans an apology in some like in some way as well too for what happened. And it, it doesn't kill you to apologize either, right? Yeah. So yeah, to say something. It just seems like a stupid mistake, like <laughs> something that but- was so easily avoided that. It just, I just don't understand it. But it's interesting though to think because it is, it is quite common and you may have noticed it when you were there, Nat, mm-hmm. for in Korea, for you to see people wearing t-shirts with English on them with misspelled words or curse words or that say things that are incorrect grammatically or that don't make sense <laughs> or yeah. even like English, like, um, English signs um, that, you know, for like shops and things that are incorrect grammatically and, and things like that. So obviously, I mean, I, I think there's some, 
you know, even though there are people there that that obviously speak English and could check, I, I think a lot of people just kind of go with, you know, oh, we have somewhere here that kind of knows what they're talking about. So we'll just go with that. Or, you know, the other option, you know, oh, it's foreign. You know, we won't worry about it. I just assumed that it was always very intentional that the English would be like jacked up. I, cause I, I like, as, as you said, like people, they're clearly like, you have people in your society that clearly speak English, who study English, mm-hmm. who know what a proper, you know, sentence is grammatically. So it's easy. It's not like you can't, it's not like there's people, there's not people there who could be like, oh, well, that doesn't make sense. So I just assumed that there was a comfort in, in the, you know, not quite grammatically correct titles and, and signs and shirts and things like that. I assumed it was just like an Asian aesthetic because it's not mm-hmm. just Korea. It's like Japan does that too with a lot of their, yeah. like, some of the stories. So I just assumed it was an aesthetic that was done on purpose mm-hmm. um, and that they preferred it. Like that's personally how I, I came to understand it. So I don't know, but interesting. <laughs> that's what yeah, I, I always, yeah, I always just kind of assumed that it was a situation of where they had someone that was kind of, you know, English, you know, knew their English and they were like, we'll just go with that. They just, and I do think even regardless of how it started, if it started as an aesthetic or something else, I do think it has in any case become one. And I think regardless of how it kind of started. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very, very strange. Um, But yeah, as I said, I just assumed it was that. And I, I just went about my business because I was like, um, <laughs> you know, like you just get used to it. I think <laughs> after a while, yeah. you're just like, okay, this is, this is, this is fine. It's yeah. Um, but also speaking on, you know, a bit of like weird, maybe cultural appropriation. I'm not quite sure, to be honest. Did you see um, Keith's hat in one of the shiny um, promos? It's like this hat and it has like, locks maybe on it i don't know it's kind of weird Mm. um so they're like attached to the hat yeah so it is a hat um let me i'm gonna pull up shinies um Mm. stuff but yeah it was like this weird um hat and like it clearly wasn't just like braided tassels or anything like that on the hat it was like it looked like it was supposed to be like braided hair or something or like maybe locks or something. I don't know. But it, w- I mean, I didn't see anybody say anything about it. I wasn't sure if like it was because it's shiny <laughs> or um, it wasn't like, maybe I was just seeing something that didn't exist. Oh, I don't know what really it, it is, uh, but it was quite strange when I had seen it. I'm trying to pull it. Of course, now I can't pull it up. Uh, <laughs> uh but you know uh, maybe maybe somebody listening to this because this will definitely still come out before their comeback because the comeback is not till mid next week or something like that maybe mm-hmm. somebody can clarify that um for us because it just is very strange and yeah I'm, i probably should be more organized than this but i do oh wait no i found it yeah, it was very strange. And as I said, like, I didn't see anybody really say anything about it. So I was actually kind of confused about that. Um, oh. 
because, you know, you assume that people are going to, you know, say something about these things, but who knows? Who knows? And maybe, like, as I said, maybe it is just, like, like, it's just created something and it's not really what I think it is or what it assume it looks like. Um, oh, wait, no, I found a high-res picture. Did you see it? Like, the link? Uh, yes. Okay, that's definitely very weird. Because it's not like it's trying to replace his actual hair, right? No. <sighs> I mean, like, now that I'm seeing, like, a bigger picture of it, it does look like... Like, it's weird because, it like, the actual, like, strands do look like locks to me. But it's clearly a hat. You know, it's not, like, trying to replace his hair. So that's yeah. why I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally so confused by this. Like, I... and. You know, I, I I don't know what to think about it. So, yeah, you know, we'll have, mm-hmm. like, the listeners let us know, weigh in, and, and tell us how they feel about it. Um, is it a hat? Yeah. What is it? What is it? Who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> Jimin, did you have anything to add? No. No? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so what's next? Well, since we are talking about well we haven't really talked about it but since it is black history month um i thought that we might talk a bit about in general kind of how these songs get made um a lot of these you know very popular K-pop songs and how many of the people behind the production and the writing and everything of these songs are Black people, Black producers, Black songwriters, Black musicians, and kind of what their role in the whole machine is. You know, a lot of them are people that have not really had much of a had much work, you know, people that used to work in kind of pop and R&B, you know, and for Black artists that hasn't really been, you know, it's it's basically been, you know, rap, trap, have been very dominant and there's not really a place for these, you know, for their genres anymore. So they've moved over to K-pop to kind of you know sustain their you know their work i don't have a list of people in general of who that is that might be something at a later date to maybe get into individual people but like how do you feel about that like when you hear about i mean like we've talked before about xo sm is you know notorious for using uh black producers to do a lot of what people consider some of their best songs i mean do you feel a certain way about that you know do you feel that um idols get maybe too much credit for the way a song comes out unless they actually are in the trenches of writing and producing it they're they're the ones that get all the the praise you know for a song even though i mean you've got something like Red Velvet's The Perfect Velvet. That was done by a team of <laughs> Black folks, pretty much. And a lot of their Velvet 
um, songs, you know, were done by those same people. So, I mean, what, do you feel a certain way about that? Or is it kind of, do you feel that, well, it's good that these guys are getting work and they're getting paid as long as they're getting paid and getting the proper credit that they should be getting, legally speaking, then no harm, no foul. I believe that as long as they're getting paid and credited properly, then I really don't have a problem with it. You know, everybody writes for everybody, <laughs> you know, like it, there's no, there's no reason that only one person or one race can write for one race or, you know, like whatever, like if you're a songwriter, just write your songs and, you know, whoever's willing to pay for it, like let them pay for it. And, and, you know, customize a song for the artists. And as long as they're paying you, as I said, and they're crediting you and the fandom is not uh, attacking you for no reason. Like we've seen sometimes, uh, there's no, I don't have a problem with it. I don't see anything wrong with it. And I mean, I do want to mention some songs that I do know of. Um, I mean, we haven't really done a deep dive in it, but like the stereotypes is very, you know, one of the bigger known like writing groups, I guess. <laughs> and they have two black members and they did Red Velvet's Bad Boy, Boa's Kiss My Lips, Tayman's Press Your Number, Super Junior's Devil, and Jesse's Gucci. And, you know, they've talked about how like the music that they want to make, like that R&B pop, whatever, it's not selling in this in the US as much, you know? So why not go to Korea? Teddy Riley saw the he saw the vision he saw k-pop for what it could become and he went to korea years and years ago i mean obviously we know he did the boys which is like kind of <laughs> one of the biggest songs in k-pop <laughs> and he wrote that and produced it i think and he did check on their album lionheart which is a fantastic song one of the best songs on there and i think he also did milk in all night for fx i think uh so there is there's there's like a, a whole bunch of others like i think last year with the whole black lives matter really you know got a lot of people to pay more attention to black songwriters like um taylor taylor prax sorry taylor parks who did it at bts's um mic drop and red velvet's dum dum cheek who did Exo's Monster, Taeyeon's Y, NCT's Kick It, J Girls Generation's Mr. Mister, Bianca Bush, who did Exo's Bad Dreams, NCT's 127's Love Song, Taeyeon's Find Me. Oh, that's a good song. Asia or Asia Epperson. I, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, girl. Um, <laughs> or however you identify. They did Exo's Obsession. Livy Frank did... NCT Dreams Be My First, Larica Anderson did Boa's Only One, which I mean, <laughs> iconic. Uh, Mela Jones did NCT's Kick It with Chicks, and Ravon Michelle Brown did Shiny's Replay. Oki Siren did NCT's 127 Switch. NCT just be, you know, scooping up that so those songs, eh? Um, Priscilla <laughs> Hamilton did um, Girls' Generation, I'm a Diamond. Oh, that's a good song from their Japanese discography. And uh, I think there's a couple more. Um, Nathan Duvall did uh, Sweeter in Jeans. And they also he also worked on t for music for TVXQ. Sorry, TVXQ. 
Uh, and Tiffany Red did NCT's boss. And I mean, there was that scandal last year where she said that she was not um, paid properly for how successful mm-hmm. boss was. So, you know, as I said, as long as you're paying people, I don't, and you're properly paying people and you're properly crediting people. I honestly have no problem. Uh, I do find that I do tend to like music that is produced by Western um, artists or Western songwriters and stuff like that. Like, and I do think that there is something that SME does really well um, where they, they tend from outside of this whole Tiffany red situation. I've never had it heard of any problems with them paying people. I mean, Teddy mm-hmm. Riley has been with them for years. So, I mean, I don't, that could have just been a one-off situation. I believe her and I trust her. So I do feel like SME is like a good place usually for, you know, black producers and black songwriters. They don't discriminate. They just want good music. And I think that's mm-hmm. really important. And that's why they have such fire discographies for their artists, you know, like, this is the reason. Uh, so yeah, as I said, I don't really have a problem with it. I, I hope that, you know, we do see more recognition for the people behind the scenes because a song could be great, but if the artist is not, you know, living up to that greatness, then, you know, a flop, it could become a flop, you know? And I think I've been really open with my feelings on Bad Boy. Like, Bad Boy is a great song. I just personally don't feel that Red Velvet can pull it off. <laughs> and they don't really pull it off, in my opinion. Uh, but the song is fire. And I think if they had given it to somebody else, you know, even like FX or something, I think it would have been, I personally think it would have been better. But that is just for <laughs> my opinion on it, you know, like, uh, match the re- correct artist with the correct music. And Nat is happy. <laughs> and also, happy Black History Month. <laughs> yes. Thank Any you. other thoughts on that? Yes. Um, no. Okay. Um, can I quickly mention some small little drama news? <laughs> sure. Is that okay? Yeah. So, Kyungsoo, aka Dio from EXO, is not here to make music. He's here to be an actor, which we love. Uh, I, I've n- never watched anything from him where I was bawling. So, I mean, I think he's doing a good job. And so he's going to be, he's just been like, literally the news I think went out today. He's been confirmed to start in the Korean remake of the tiny Taiwanese film called Secret. And the fantasy romance film tells a story about a p- piano prodigy who transferred into a new school that meets a girl playing a mysterious melody in an old practice room and basically this is like a famous drama that stars like the king of mandopop j2 so it's gonna be really interesting um how that kind of comes together and this is supposed to be released uh well it's filming at the second half of the year so it'll probably be released next year uh but yeah congrats to him please come back with some music i I feel like we deserve it. I personally just want him to come back and re- like record um, for Obsession and they have them fit his voice into the tr- like all the tracks and stuff like that. That's personally what mm-hmm. I want because I feel like that album was made for him. But <laughs> <laughs> that could just be me. And then also Taekyun, you know, from 2PM is going to be in a project called Vincenzo. And Vincenzo stars Song Joon-ki. <laughs> of the f- 
infamous song song couple as Vincenzo Cassano. I'm not sure why he has an Italian name. Okay, a lawyer and mafia um, person who was adopted by an Italian family at a young age. Oh, who's adopted? Okay. When he moves back to Korea due to a conflict within his organization, he crosses path with a sharp-tongued lawyer named Hong Cha Young, who's played by uh, Jun Yo Bin. She, I don't know who she is. I'm sorry. And her intern, who's Taekyun, who and the character's name is Jen Junwoo. They join forces to use villainous methods in taking down villains who cannot be punished by the law. So it sounds kind of like that American show. Um, ooh, what was it called? Um, shoot, and it starts that super hot guy, Aldous Hodge. What was it called? Oh, how do you get away with Leverage. Leverage. Oh. Yeah, no. <laughs> I think act different is that. Was Aldous uh, Hodge in How to Get Away with Murder? No, I was thinking of another guy in You're his thinking name. about Dean Brown from Yeah, um, I was. I was thinking <laughs> of him. Yep, I sure was. And I, I got mean, his name wrong. He's also fine. He played Wes on How to Get Away with Murder. And let me tell you how I picked out of that show as soon as he died. Spoiler alert. But yeah, I did check <laughs> out of the show. I loved Wes. He was a mess, but he was my favorite character on that show. <laughs> Uh, but yes, Aldous Hodge in who's also fine, who's in um, Leverage. That's kind of what that show is about. Leverage is basically where they like use you know less than legal methods to bring down like villainous organizations, and it was based literally on like real cases of people of like insurance companies screwing over people and things like that. So that's kind of mm. what this reminds me of. Um, the whole Italian thing is kind of weird, but you know whatever. I mean, they have mobsters in Korea. It's not like they did it and they needed to implant these Italian people. Like, is he going to speak Italian? I don't know. But anyways, take his in it. He looks fine. I assume that this is, he's going to focus on this for a while and then they're going to go directly into the 2 p.m. comeback. But mm-hmm. it's good to see him working since he came back from the army and looking, you know, fine as always. But yeah. That's it. Awesome. Are there any more like topics that you guys want to mention? Any news that we overlooked? Mm, not really. I feel like it's a, like we said at the beginning of a slow, slow news week. Yeah. Okay. Well, then. Well, unless Nat has some. I, I thought Nat was trying to say something. Oh, I was oh. actually also going to be like, it's a slow news week. So <laughs> no, it's okay. Okay, well, you guys get a fairly uh, a pretty brief for our standard show this week. So good on you. Well, as always, you can contact us here at Not Your Average Netizens at Not Your Average at gmail.com. We are also on Twitter at NYA Netizens. We are also on Instagram and Facebook at Not Your Average Netizens. And we are also, where else are we, you guys? <laughs> I mean, where also... you can listen to a podcast, you can find us. Yes, you can <laughs> listen to us pretty much anywhere. Um, oh, okay. Definitely listen to us on Good Pods and also, um, <laughs> uh, also add us if you want download the episodes leave reviews yes we are we are part of a uh black into k-pop a special k-pop coalition of black k-pop podcast um for the 
Black History Month. So we're doing it on Good Pods. So if you guys want to go on there and join the the group and listen to all the podcasts, including ours, of course, um, then yeah, like Nat said, please, please listen and join and leave your um, reviews and rate us. Are there any shout outs? Yes, I'd like to say rest in peace to JT from Degrassi, Liberty, Liberty Vengeance, Baby Daddy. Um, that's my, that's it. Okay, uh, RIP to that person? Is that news? Like, that, that just dropped? No, no, he, he, I think, I don't remember how he died in the show, but, um, I just remember he died and like Liberty was pregnant at the same time. So, oh, okay. I'm Canadian, but I've never watched Degrassi. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, yeah, we know. Sorry, guys. Okay. okay. Um, oh, and out. shout outs to Yanjun. Uh, congratulations again. You'll do go forth and do great things, young grasshopper. Uh, yeah. Shout out to us. We really tried to stretch this, guys, but there is, like, no news. <laughs> like, no news, which is actually kind of a good thing. I feel like usually when there's a lot of news, it's bad news. So this is great. Um, keep it up, K-pop, I guess. Uh, and shout out to Got7, always. Shout out to Shinwa, who announced that they were coming back, but I have yet to see a trailer promo i don't know maybe i'm not looking hard enough but you can't just say you're coming back and just like disappear that doesn't make any sense to me just throwing that out there uh shout out to you guys for listening if you have anything to you know comment on on this episode please do leave a review comment or you know let us know through email and things like that if there was something we missed do let us know because we tried to find things and it just was kind of dry so yeah Thanks. That's it for me. Uh, yeah. Shout out to um, Courtney from Staying in the Loop podcast. Um, she joined us for a special live stream last Friday, and it was very awesome. We watched a bunch of MVs from 2015, talked about the biggest scandals of 2015 just had a good old time so um stay on the lookout for 2016 because i think that's coming and then anti shout out to jungkook on bts's new unplugged thing for mtv he's got a blonde with the undercut it's not a good look boo i don't like it go back to black oh. all right Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Happy New Year. Kang Fa Choi.